1: David have Inside Sources.
2: Well, we know that President Biden hasn't yet announced that he's running for re-election in 2024. So the question is, uh, we're going to explore this with uh, Inside Sources' Boyd Matheson. Does it mean the Democrats might be considering alternatives?
3: It's kind of hilarious that we're even having this conversation because if you're the sitting president, you're the next nominee. Like, if you've got if you've got years left on the, on the – you're in. You're the guy. So it is kind of strange where you, where you start seeing these whisperings and these rumblings that, oh, somebody could challenge him.
2: Is it automatic, Boyd, for President Biden, like Dave suggests? Like, is it that automatic? When you look at the numbers, I mean, 37 percent of Democrats saying they want – President Biden to run for re-election. So where, where's the other, you know, 63 percent?
1: Yeah, so this is one of those things where uncertainty creates a vacuum. Uh, and the president is notoriously slow and indecisive when it comes to big decisions. Yeah, he's, like,
2: he's like a massive Hoover vacuum. <laughs>
1: Well, I'd never heard it that way, but well, but that's an interesting. Yeah, well, I'm, sorry it does a, the job. I'm sorry if you're a Eureka guy,
2: <laughs> but
0: literally like,
1: shark. I'm a shark. I
2: mean, guy. he's just like okay. Well, just I'll just go off on that for a second. Like, whatever happened to the Chinese spy balloon issue? Like he didn't say anything about that. And then he's still not saying much about it. But go ahead. Yeah. That's an idea. So as as it It comes comes to to his
1: reelect, he's been very slow. It it is really boiled down to to him. It's his decision now. You've heard from Jill Biden uh, saying he's ready. He's good to go. We're anticipating this. So she's leaning in a little bit more than he is even at this point. So he's waiting. But in the absence of a leader, in an absence of momentum, then things start to bubble up. And, well, what about this? And what about that? Uh, And it's not uh, all that uncommon uh, for a sitting president to get some sort of challenge, usually it's someone from the far end of the party. So Marianne Williamson is going to launch her campaign. She will run to the left of the president, uh, universal health care, mandatory uh, minimum wage, some of those kind of uh, policies that she used in 2020 uh, when she ran. Uh, The more interesting thing, though, is if he waits too long – Will there be someone like a uh, governor of Michigan or someone who will yes. say, you know what, I, I, think, I think it's time for a next generation. Love the policies, uh, but my case is going to be about next generation leadership. And so that will be interesting. Now, uh, I think what Democrats are most fearful of is that rarely ends well for the sitting president. Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford. George H.W. Uh, Bush, uh, the, the numbers don't really look good when the sitting president gets challenged in, in that way. Uh, and so that would be the real test. And I'm sure that's why some of the president's inner circle are saying, OK, Mr. President, it is now time to officially launch your, your 2024 run.
3: I do wonder, though, how much of this, even though the, the president's wife is, uh, yeah, ready to go, do you think that he could just say one term was enough? I had to beat Donald Trump. I was the only one that could do it. I've done my job. Now it's time to turn it over to the next generation. He—he uh, he certainly, if anybody would do it, I think it would be Joe Biden. Uh, that he would say,
1: you know what? I think I am good, uh, and I don't need to go through this one more round. Uh, he does have a, a really deep sense of patriotism and duty, and so to your point, Dave, I, I think that is it. That I think that weighs on him pretty significantly, and he's invested a lot uh, in that whole thing of hey, we just got to restore some normalcy. And some trust and some confidence uh, and just kind of get to back to politics and business as usual uh, rather than uh, kind of all the rhetoric that was there
3: before. If he does that, if he decides not to run, his choice, not somebody forcing yeah. him out or trying to primary him out, uh, it, what's the timeline look to make that decision? Uh Yesterday. Really? <laughs> uh,
1: and that's why you are starting to get – while the president is being silent, there there is a silent group of little uh, shadow campaigns that are emerging, uh, including people within his own cabinet. Pete Buttigieg, I guarantee you, if President Biden uh, says, nope, one and done, uh, the Buttigieg campaign will launch rapid fire. Uh, you, governor Whitman, uh, we mentioned from Michigan, mm-hmm. she'd be in very quickly.
2: What about uh, the governor from California?
1: Uh, Gavin Newsom has been running for president for a long time. Uh, so he, he's set and he's got lots of cash. He could go right after that. It'll be interesting to see if any of the, the retreads come back around from uh, from 2020. Cory Booker, a Democratic and, uh, senator from New Jersey, could be in there. Of course, the vice president, everybody's, no one's really talking about yeah. Kamala Harris. Yeah. She would certainly uh, be ready to roll uh, on that and try to take some momentum there. So there, there is a field. It's
2: too bad she's missing her window right now to really get out in front of some important issues and she yeah. has been in the background for I don't even know uh, since the beginning. Uh, so, so here's here's what Galen Druk, I think I said that right, Druk, uh said on Utah's Morning News um, about uh, this this whole like lay of the land with the Democrats and why people are open to some other options right now. I
3: think in the absence of an actual announcement from President Biden that he's running for re-election, Democrats are saying, "Hey, you know, I would consider other options." And in particular, I think they're open to other options, in part because of Biden's age. You know, it's rare that uh, members of a party would question whether or not.
0: It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison.
1: Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today.
0: I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: Their first term president would even run for re-election, let alone whether or not they would support him if he did. So, you know, Biden is 80 today. He would be 82 um, at the start of a second term and would be by far... The oldest president in American history to begin a second term.
2: Galen Druk is with uh, the polling firm. Uh, he's an anchor reporter with uh, five thirty eight. We we talk to them a lot
3: as well. I wonder what level of chaos you 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 start listing those those names and heavy hitters and people that have raised a lot of money, you know, tens and hundreds of millions of dollars what level of chaos that would throw for the next year and a half uh, it would it would be it would be
1: the ultimate combination of 2020 and 2016 because the republicans will have a field uh, i don't think it would be quite as large uh, but if president biden chose not to run you would have 2020 all over again you could have 10 12 14 16 and we didn't even get to bernie sanders elizabeth warren amy klobuchar all le- legitimately would look at at jumping in that race and so yeah it could be chaos on both sides of the aisle uh, if uh, if it really was truly an open uh, run for the presidency.
2: So I'm looking, I had to remind myself of, you know, Marianne Williamson. You guys throw this out there like we all just like, we just know Marianne. Um, her middle name is Deborah, so automatically well, I was like, I'm impressed. Uh, she's 70 years old and she was this, uh, what a spiritual advisor to Oprah. Yeah. Is that, yeah, is so, that a good, yeah, good way to put really it? Really made
1: her name in the in the self-help uh, Yeah, she's space. an author
2: and she ran I think she ran as an independent though. No, she she, she, ran, ran, as a ooh, Democrat, she ran as a Democrat. A Democrat yeah. last time. Okay. So so is she is she, is she going to announce again?
1: Yes. And that will and be it. Too, and that will be it, and that <laughs> yeah, will be the lost you hear of her. Yeah, it, it won't. I mean, she has money. She she does have money, so she's going to hang around for a while. Uh, she didn't make it to any of the primaries in twenty twenty, kind of like a perpetual so, candidate. But yeah, she's just you know she'll go out there, she'll she'll give some speeches, she'll well, raise the profile, uh, she'll do the interviews, and I'm sure she'll probably release another we book. We not but. find
2: anybody in this nation of ours at all besides. Uh, trump and biden to to get to the top of the ticket again
1: i, I actually think there's some really interesting ones i actually spoke with uh, amy klobuchar's uh, former uh, communications director in chief uh and uh you know she's she's legitimate she uh, if the field had been a little less crowded and it hadn't been in the middle of covid she would have been uh i think she would have been there at the end and i think she's an interesting candidate midwest um has some real chops in uh in senate uh, in the judiciary committee uh, has a little bit of a profile, uh, and she's just super smart. She would she would be a good candidate, um, I think, running up against whether it's a President Biden or whether it's the rest rest of the field.
3: Is there a uh, a time where where the rest of the candidates that are kind of sitting back, waiting for the president to make a decision, where they just say we can't wait for you any longer, we're going to challenge you? Is there anyone bold enough to say that's fine? Marianne Williamson is kind of a throwaway, you know. Yeah. It's kind kind of. <laughs> you know, whatever. But it, at some point, somebody's going to say, you know what, we can't wait any longer and I'm going to shoot my shot.
1: Yeah. And uh, and so that will be the interesting thing. It's going to come in the next couple of months. And that's why you're hearing uh, what I hear out of DC is there's a lot of rumblings and people are saying, okay, come on, Mr. President, we think you're going to do it. Everyone thinks you're going to do it. You're organized to do it. So just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, over time though, people are going to get antsy. And here's the thing. If one significant person does it,
3: can you the door? Yeah. It's, uh, it will
1: be open and it will be a very different animal uh, and a different challenge for the president because that becomes tough for the president to navigate. Uh, Debbie mentioned the, the age component and, and uh, getting to that. Uh, although I think what he's done in the last two weeks kind of puts that to bed. Anybody who can go into the middle of a, a war zone, 25 mm. hours on a train, uh, two major speeches, uh, in the middle of a war zone, I mean – I think he put that to bed. That's a good point. I I think that he should just say, triple dog dare you. Take a a train 10 hours each way into a war zone. Uh, Meet with the leader of the country who is under attack from Russia. Come back and give a major speech in Poland all within 30 hours. Triple dog dare. Go for it. Uh, (laughs) And and I think that's his line. The thing that's
2: working against him, Boyd, is we have short-term memory when it comes to the big stuff. And we have a long-term memory. Mm when it comes to uh, – or when it comes to that kind of stuff, but a long-term memory when it comes to the places where they, they the, our leaders fall down. And I would tell you the Chinese spy balloon, what's going on in Ohio with the train derailment mm-hmm. and the government, or the federal government taking weeks to show up on scene there and uh, all the things that the small-town America is facing in that scenario, those will play big too.
1: Yeah, I, and I, think, I still think the biggest challenge for the president is inflation. Uh, because that is hitting oh, everybody, that. <laughs> just that little thing of inflation that's hitting everybody at every kitchen table every single day. Uh, and I think that's the the biggest headwind for the president is that he can talk about infrastructure, he can talk about bipartisan deals, he can talk about these other things. But when the American people are feeling that angst mm-hmm. of I'm falling further behind, I'm not even, main you know, treading water is not even the option anymore. It's how how long can I hold my breath and hopefully make it to the next paycheck in the next month. That's the biggest challenge for the president. Uh, so he's got he's to grapple with that and what that message is uh, and then uh, how you actually push that part of it forward.
3: But I would have thought that inflation that we are experiencing during the terms would have played a bigger role than it did. But
1: never underestimate the Republicans' ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, Dave.
2: <laughs> Straight ahead, thanks, Boyster. Straight ahead, KSL News Radio reporter Lindsay air She's got her eye on the hill. She's been, uh, 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 she's been a reporter on the scene up on Capitol Hill for weeks now. As the session winds down, we are just days away from the closing bell on Utah's Capitol Hill. Should join us next with what she's focused on today.